Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being here today. I'm Leon Dolan. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I live in Pasadena. I live in the L.A. area. The greater L.A. Uh, area. Yeah. I like to be vague yet specific. Uh-huh. But I'm happy to be here at the Wondery <laughs> Sunset Studio with my big sister Liz and my big sister Julie. Ah, uh, and happy to be here. That's your theme for That's 2020. It. Nicely. A nice, nice way to weave that in. I'm Liz Dolan. I live in Santa Monica, which is pretty much the other end of the greater L.A. area from Leon. But here we are together in the Wondery Studio. Just one thing I want to put out there, sisters, like... You know how sometimes you're online, like you're on Facebook, you're just generally shopping for something, and you're uh-huh. just bombarded with all ads about one thing? Right. And uh-huh. like, so two days ago, it was all earwax for me, <laughs> like all like getting rid of earwax. And I really start to wonder, what have I been saying or doing <laughs> online that makes them think that the number one issue in my life is earwax? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. If you have theories about why earwax, why me, I don't know. Putting it out there. Okay, Liz, I don't know either. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister, and I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm a podcaster and an empty nester, and I have five grandchildren, and they call me Nana. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, today on the show, uh, we, of course, are going to talk about what's happening there uh, with Meghan and Harry. I mean, that yep. is some crazy news. The it story, is the best The story, story just got crazier over the course of the week. At first, it was like, oh. And yeah. then you hear some details. So there's a lot to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Julie has been chomping at the bit. The rest right. of us have our sources. Right. We're going we're gonna to go through where we stand on this. And credit to Julie. You have been covering the House of Windsor for many years. <laughs> for many. It's not like I'm no Johnny come lately, yeah. like everybody else. You no. know? But of no. course, everyone's watched The Crown. Yeah. So everyone feels very connected to the story and feels that their opinion is validated. And we hope to validate your opinion of Harry and <laughs> Meghan. Maybe not if you're British, though. <laughs> Maybe not. I feel like we have a hard time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Also, we have the 52 places to go from the New York Times. I love their number one pick, uh, travel pick, where to go next year. Mm -hmm. But we all have some favorites on the list. So we're going to talk a little travel later on in the show. There are Oscar nominations this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh Julie, Uh you have a review of Marriage Story. And Liz and I are looking forward to it because you've been cryptic and almost cynical about this. So... (laughs) Okay, and yes, and before my review, I am going to make a personal disclaimer, okay? So I'm just going to tell you that, too. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. 
Wow. See, we don't really rehearse this, people. As you can tell right now, we have no idea what Julie is going to say when we get to this. All right. And I have a couple of TV shows to recommend. And we have our to-do list and some Instagram news. So so stay tuned for this. But, uh, Jewel, kick us off. What's what's happening there in Big D well, this week? Well, I want to share with you, I have a marriage tip for you. Or okay. a relationships tip. That's what I'm going to call it. Now, you know... I am I am not a marriage expert. I don't pretend to be one. The only thing I've realized after 40-some years of marriage is that I care more about taking out the garbage than my husband. <laughs> and that once I figure that out, it really reduced the amount of conflicts that we have. But we are doing something new this year that I think everyone is going to want to get on board about this. Now, you know when you have, you know, you're in a relationship, you have certain types of talks. You know, you have like a calendar talk where you have to figure out you're going to be here, I'm going to be there, that kind of thing. You might have a budget or finance talk. But I have a new talk area that I think all couples can get involved in. And that's called the you were right talk. Oh. Now listen. Okay, listen to this. Okay, here's this. This is it. So each week, your spouse will turn to you and recount all the times that you were right. So think about that. Okay. Like my husband said to me, you were right about leaving Colorado a day early so we didn't get caught in the snow. Okay. Uh. You were right about picking up the um, picking out the right checkout line. That was the fastest. <laughs> you were right about st- the movie started at seven, not seven twenty, <laughs> as I thought. Uh-huh. Do you see where I'm going with yes. this? Yeah. Do you know what that feels like to hear those words coming from your from your partner okay now you have to do it too you have so I had to say to my husband you were right yes Chris Cooper was Mr. Lawrence in Little Women and he's also in the Born Identity yes. see that's how it works wow so it's like a gratitude journal you know it really has to be a whole list I thought you were going to suggest like once a week you just each trade one but no you're down with the like Full list every week. Yes, I think this is great. The more, Liz, as you're sitting there and these words are washing over me, you were right, you were right, you were right. (laughs) I can't tell you how wonderful this is, how much goodwill, optimism, (laughs) just love, everything. Okay. So I want everyone to go home and try this. Mm -hmm. Have a you were right conversation with, uh, with your partner or spouse. Julie, okay. this is really a breakthrough idea because usually the words you were right come decades after the event happened. Do you know what I'm know. saying? Right? Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I know. Decades. And begrudgingly, I'm yeah. guessing. Or just. This is not my area of expertise. Or they slip them in and you have to ask, the, could you repeat that? Oh, <laughs> we're going to go back to 1998, but I was right then. <laughs> yeah. So I like the real time you were right. That's yeah. a, yes. that's a, that's don't exciting. Don't let it build up. Just don't let it build up. Just, just let it roll. I am telling you, you are going to enjoy this conversation. How so, did you that's... kick this off? What was the <laughs> impetus for this? Did it start spontaneously? But no, my husband, Trem, wanted to start this. Oh. He said, I want, it, I want several things. I want to tell you th- about things that you were right about. I was wow. like, okay. Wow. okay. 
That is a big idea from a husband. That's some growth. That is a big idea. (laughs) It wasn't like I, okay, now you're going to tell me every time I was right. No, that's not how it happened. It was, but I think that everyone could really benefit from this kind of discussion. So go home and try it and report back. Okay. I think there's a whole sub brand in this somehow. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just thinking about you owning and marketing the you were right concept. Can it be a mug? Uh We can uh get matching mugs. You were right mugs. Okay. (laughs) Everybody take out their you were right mugs. You have a cup of coffee together and you talk about the times that your partner was uh, was right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, uh, so this has nothing to do with being right. But last week, I told you I was going to do some visioning over the weekend. So I did go to a visioning party Friday night. A friend of mine hosted it. She encouraged us to bring appetizers, a beverage and magazines that we could cut up. She was going to supply the board. And we were supposed to think about our, you know, our intentions for the year. We're going to cut out things out of magazines that reflected those intentions and then put them on a board together. Mm -hmm. And it was a really wonderful evening. There was a full moon. It was a beautiful night. We were indoors. We were outdoors. People were chatting. I didn't necessarily know a lot of these women very well, so it was fun to meet new women. But at the end, when we actually were putting our boards together... I realized that a lot of my board was about health, which is after what I went through last year, it's mm-hmm. understandable. I, I had, you know, a lot of positive words about health and wellness and mindfulness. And I had cut out a lot of abstract photos of like apples and fruits and vegetables and things like that just to evoke a sort of clean feeling. Mm-hmm. And then when I got down, I was putting everything down. I had one actual human representation to go on the board. And it was Brad Pitt. <laughs> How does Brad Pitt figure into your vision? I mean, he's always been my man. I can't quit him. I don't care what he does to anybody. I can't quit him. And he's having a moment, for he, sure. He is. And I just thought, I can't put Brad Pitt on this board. That seems like with all sure the Sure fr- you can. Fruits. That's, you're getting in touch with your inner child, please. He's been cute. And you've loved him since you were 13, right? Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Well, in the 20s, when he came, Thelma and Louise, yeah. you know, that was, yeah. I was like in my early 20s. But I, so I did hand my photo of Brad Pitt to uh, one of the women who was single, who was looking for love that year. I was like, here, you put you put Brad on your board. But <laughs> Now, did you enjoy this, Land? Did yeah. you enjoy the vision? Sure, sure. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. Yes, it was good. It was healthy. It was a really fun, relaxing night. So, yes, I enjoy. I enjoyed it. Mm. I, you know, I'm open to things like that. Right. So, and the full moon probably helped. Right. You know, everything. Yeah, good food. It was really, it was really a fun, relaxing evening. So, I would, I would recommend it as a group activity. It was mm-hmm. great. I mean, mm-hmm. was it Mama Mia? Like, I, <laughs> I noticed someone on our Facebook group used the Mama Mia theme. Yeah. That was also fun. That's yeah. one way to go with your group of ladies is just put on the soundtrack to Mama Mia and dance uh-huh. around. But this was very different. It was very relaxing. It was a really enjoyable evening. Okay. All right. Well, as long as we're talking about, like, kicking off the year, I would like to say I have a bone to pick re- with the resolution industrial complex. You know, Everyone tells you, here we are in January, that you can start all of these new habits. And, oh, here's the good news. A new habit only takes 21 days to lock in. Right. So I just want to go on record, like, that is 100% false. I think we know that is false. <laughs> there is, like, I've been 21 days in on a lot of things. And then, like, six months later, all of a sudden, poof, gone. 
So, you know, I was reading all of these from all these. I thought you were going to say the opposite in a more positive way. No. Like, <laughs> it only takes three hours. No, she's, no, she's pretty bitter about this. Like, <laughs> carry on, Liz. Okay. Yeah. I just don't think it's supported at all by real life, what I'll call empirical evidence for the purposes of this conversation. And I was thinking about it when I was with my physical therapist last week. Right. And, you know, I've had this broken right butt cheek that comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes. So she was sort of taking me through the questions about, okay, so you had this and then you did all the rehab and it got better. And I was like, yes. And then she said, and then you stopped doing all the rehab. I was like, yes. And then you got it again, and she took me through like three rounds of this. And so the aha moment is, oh, wait, oh, yeah, okay, I had this habit, I was consistently doing something for three months, and then the moment I felt I could get away with not doing it, oh, I didn't do it. Right. So the this magical 21 days and it's locked in, not for me. Yeah. And when I, I posted this in the Facebook group for my weekly Operation Sea Turtle, uh, you know, recap, and... Many listeners agreed with me, and several physical therapists even weighed in. Oh. Said, oh, yeah, they see that all the time. People completely solve their problem. They go away. They're happy. And then a year later, they're back with the exact same thing. And the really complicated explanation for why it happened again is because they just stopped doing it. So, <laughs> so I'm just – I don't know what the solution is. I'm just saying, like – there is a moment I was reading through like some of the experts on this about like what the phases are. You know, you go through the honeymoon phase with the new habit and uh-huh. then you have what they call the fight through phase where you're thinking, OK, well, is this really working or, you know, uh, and is this really changing my life the way I want it to or, oh, this is working. I guess I'm done. So you get through the the. Um, Uh, The fight-through phase, and then you're supposed to get to the second nature phase, where you're like, okay, now it's just a part of your life. So this is is where it's a habit. And then they say if the second nature starts to flag, then you go back into fight-through. And I just want to say, no, number four is the falling off a cliff phase. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do none of the experts recognize the falling off a cliff phase? So I'm just saying it's more of a full circle than they're saying. So you should not. This is an optimistic report, sisters, because I just want to say you shouldn't feel bad if after 21 days you feel like it hasn't totally locked in mm. because it's just an endless circle. It just is an endless circle. <laughs> wow. Oh, I feel better now, Liz. Yeah. yeah. No, but this is why my theme for the year, Julie, is take the long view. Yes, so please. if you really took the long view, you wouldn't just stop doing the exercises that made you feel better or, right. or any good new habit. I have a question, though. Did you know, did any of the physical therapists say to you, you have to do these exercises for the rest of your life? No. Okay, so there was some information that was missing. (laughs) No, I mean, you had a piece of information missing. Yeah, yeah. You can, you know, you you just thought it was a temporary solution. Exactly. Now that you know. Now that I know. You may stick with it longer than you think. Yes. Right. Okay. That's that's a fight-through situation. Yeah. Right. I needed more info. It's like a medical prescription. Or maybe your limit is not 21 days. Maybe you're more like a 45-day girl, you know? That's it. I don't know, Julie. I've had good habits that I've sustained for like three years and then just totally fallen off the cliff, you know? Okay. I, yes. I, you know, I, no, I understand it. Yeah. And I do not think I'm alone in this. And again, many in the Satellite Sisterhood have had this same experience. So I'm just saying we, we can hold it. That, that's what Operation Sea Turtle is for, just the constant reinforcement. Holding but each it, other accountable. But, yeah. But if you fall off the cliff, it's cool. 
Uh, we'll get we'll get you back up there. Okay. Okay. So there's that. And then one last thing that came up last week that I wanted to mention, Leanne, you said uh, that one of your goals is for for women, especially women, especially women. But uh, I know yeah. all, anyone over the age of fifty who's yeah. not a digital native, yeah. as they say, don't say things out loud like "I'm not a techie person." Right. And then tell people you don't know how to operate your phone or your computer or whatever it is. Right. Just try to learn the skills. Right. Because we're not putting that genie back in the bottle. It, right? It's not going away. Right. It's been 30 years of personal computing. And if you haven't gotten on board, you're sort of a burden to mm-hmm. people in your workplace mm-hmm. and, and your community and things like that. So you should just give it a whirl. It's all on YouTube. Yes. Everything you need to learn is on YouTube. You just oh. have to figure out how to get to YouTube. Yes. And then also- <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Okay. Well, I mean, this was, again, super well received in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And it's little things that make you feel like, huh, I can really do this. Like Linda posted, figuring out how to print from my Android phone was a game changer. Yes. Yes, Linda. We've all been there. Yeah. We, I mean, your, yes. phone, your phone knows how to do it. You're right. the one that doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> right? But you have to try. Linda, you were there and you tried. One time I showed up here at the Wondry Studio without my computer. I had to print everything off my phone. Linda, I felt the same way. I felt like I had graduated to another level of understanding. Who was proud of me. <laughs> okay, so just one person in particular I want to give a shout-out to because I'm on board with Tammy. Tammy wrote, I'm looking to put together a plan for my second career, what I will do after I leave the corporate tech world after 30-plus years. I 100% support Leanne's concern about women not being technically proficient. I've considered going to work at the Apple Genius Bar in the hopes that women would feel more comfortable approaching and being guided by a middle-aged woman. I think that's so true, Tammy. Yeah, I think that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she says, but I don't, know, don't want to work for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, good thing to know about yourself, Tammy. So uh, she said, any comments on how to get in front of this audience, any thoughts would be appreciated. So I think this is a fantastic idea, Tammy, that you would provide counseling it's like you would be the help desk that, right that i need. think you could should tammy you should have a help desk at chico's <laughs> just go into chico's set up in a corner <laughs> maybe next to the jewelry the, you know the accessories <laughs> i think there's your target market market you could be a tremendous help yeah and chico's if you're listening this is a big big idea <laughs> it okay. is a big idea julie, julie it's yeah. what they call in the marketing world now they would call that a collab so you're okay. just so tammy you're doing a collab with chico's <laughs> Or some other similarly targeted uh, product. I like it. I would just say this, that Apple has a genius bar. What your concept, Tammy, is more like the you don't have to be a genius bar. Right? (laughs) Right. So I'm just, we're going to support you in this, Tammy. Feel free to, like, run ideas by us. We're all in on empowering each other. All right. I have one follow-up from last week, Julie. You told the dramatic story of the auto executive that escaped from Japan to right. escape prosecution, ended up in uh, ended up in uh, Beirut. Um, fantastic follow-up on the Daily today. Oh. So oh, if you okay, want good. more of that story, uh, the New York Times reporter was at his press conference there in Beirut, had a private you know interview with him. Fantastic follow-up details. You're going to find it. Great. So check out the New York Times, the daily for today, okay. uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, January 14th. It's okay. the follow-up story. One other podcast recommendation for 
this week or whenever you're listening to this. You know, my other podcast is a career advice show called Safe for Work that I co-host with Rico Galliano. And on this week's show, longtime satellite sister Erin is our guest. So be sure to download this week's Safe for Work. You see Erin posting all the time in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. She lives in Beijing, China with her husband, uh, who is posted at the embassy there, military posted at the embassy, uh, has a job there. And we got a letter, Rico and I, from a military spouse just talking about how hard it is to get jobs. They go to all these different postings and how do you do that? And I thought, I don't know how, I don't know the answer to this question. And Rico doesn't know the answer to the question either. But because Erin has been a satellite sister forever, and I know she does this blog called Deployment Diatribes, we called Erin in Beijing, and she answers the question. Oh, great. So, I can't wait. So thank you so much, Erin. You were super great on the air, and I would love others to, to give a listen to Safe for Work this week. All right. Excellent. Uh, when we come back, it's going to be the Royal Report with Julie. We're gonna, she's going to take us through everything we need to know about Meghan and Harry, and we have our own opinions. But first, we actually need to thank some sponsors of Satellite Sisters. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right, Jill, I feel like we should have a gem, drum roll or what are those trumpets or, like, trumpet or something? fanfare because now we have to begin to talk about the giant announcement by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle that they were stepping back from their positions as senior royals and that they wanted to split their time between North America and Britain and, their, and also their desire to become more financially independent. So... Mm -hmm. Well, let's just start there. When you, Leon, and what did you think when you first heard this news, when, it, when you first or first read the news that they were stepping back? My initial reaction was really kind of shock 
but mm-hmm. also sort of psyched because you know what? I'm an American, and <laughs> like, like I, I just think we've said for years on the show, royalty is ridiculous. There's uh-huh. a certain yes. ridiculousness to it, and it just seemed like, well, that's refreshing. Sure, yeah, they should just be able to go do what they can do. So I wasn't concerned about the timing or the queen or really anything else because I don't really care about anything else. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that wedded to the House of Windsor. So uh, I thought, how refreshing. But the more I thought about it over the week, I just think there must be both a lot of personal and professional pain in this. I think mm-hmm. this was probably a very hard decision for them and born huh. out of some really kind of dark places that they must have experienced over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that Please, would be What did you think when you first heard? Well, my my gut reaction was good for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, cuz I just I can't imagine being born into a job. That's just impossible. Maybe it's the American in me too, like you're okay from the day you're born people tell you, "Okay, you're going to be this prince." But you're not the main prince. You're like the backup, backup prince. But you have to do it every day for the rest of your life and you don't have a choice. No way I would do that. And even if you just look at the facts about family businesses, like treat this like a family business. Once a family business is in the third generation, people start to drift away because they've got better things to do or they're like they've grown up in a different way. I mean, this is a family business that's now, what, like the 12th generation or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's there, there's really, there's no reason why Harry had to stick with it just because, I don't know, who, who, who why would anyone? <laughs> so I mean, I when I first saw the announcement, I actually thought it was a fake. I thought when I saw it on Instagram, I said, this can't be real. You know, that someone has hacked their account and they're, they're not going to do it because it seemed so abrupt, even particularly because they had been in Canada for six weeks on their vacation over the holidays. Um, you know, can but, I just say something about that? Because it did make me think, you know, how sometimes when you go on vacation somewhere, say you're in Hawaii and you think as you're going home, you think I should move to Hawaii. I should just I should do that. I should like quit my job, sell everything I own, move to Hawaii. Part of me thought, is that what they did? Just like yeah. the yeah. post vacation blues, like we're going back to the place where we just had a great vacation. Maybe yeah. it's that. I I mean, I said when they first got engaged, I didn't I say on Satellite Sisters that I felt that they would become global citizens, that yes. they would have a role much bigger. They would be out out and about, uh, you know, uh, rather than just being regular old royals. And I think that's what they're trying to do, you know. But I also think that they are damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they had stayed on and dutifully been the brother, showing up at all the polo matches and the trooping of the colors and everything else, you know, they still would have been criticized. Right. I mean, right. even, you know, even when they came back and they went to visit the Canadian embassy uh, to thank them for their visit, there was a, you know, a large close-up shot of Meghan Markle's perspiration stain that was published in the Daily Mail. You know, I mean, they were it just, no, no matter what they do, you know, people were going to criticize mm-hmm. them. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if they had called the, safe for work, I would have told them to quit. <laughs> really? Okay, Liz, that's good. Been, now, the Queen yeah. did the Queen. Now they had some big summit, as we all know, uh, because we've all watched The Crown and we're all, everyone is very invested in this. Everyone has an opinion about this. And the Queen's statement, she came out after a long discussion, first where she was one-on-one with Harry, and then she brought in Charles and, and uh, William came and joined them, that 
this was a very personal message that they were going to go through this period of transition, that this was her, her, you know, the queen said, my family, my grandson. And they were very supportive of Harry and Meghan's desire to create a new life as a young family. But they were also kind of sad that they were leaving. So I thought the queen did a really good job. Do you think that they really did not inform the queen that they were going to come out with this statement? No, no, I, I don't believe no. that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't that. I, yeah, yeah. No. That's just I, people trying to make them look bad, right? You know, trying to shame them, right? Remember those British tabloids? They they print whatever they want. It does not need to be true. So yeah, I don't buy that. I mean, maybe they hadn't personally spoken to her about it, but don't you? Th- I mean, Harry had tipped off his dad. Don't you think his dad? Charles had talked to the queen about it. I can't imagine that didn't happen. Yeah. And I believe the story that, you know, the Murdochs had the information and they wanted to get out ahead of the press. I believe that. I believe that story. But no, of course they had said something to someone. Yeah, of course. That's what Tina Brown thinks, too. I checked oh, on... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. And, you know, she's a she royal watcher. Yeah. <laughs> so she does have sources. So, yeah. Well, no. I mean, certainly the timing. I mean, that, you know, I think after the initial, you know, reaction where people, oh, well, maybe that's going to be okay. I think there was a lot of negative reaction when it appeared that they didn't respect the queen or inform the queen. Do you, Liz and Leon, do you think that timing of their decision or the timing of the announcement do you think that that it can be repaired or people can get beyond that do you think the queen's statement no you don't you know i think no matter when they said something like this they would have been vilified for it so no there's no going back i mean it's too bad that their hand got forced and then it couldn't have been more coordinated but when you read all those books about how the firm operates right there's nobody in the firm the all the, what did Diana call them? Like the gray men, right? right? Princess Diana. Like, they're not rooting for Harry and Meghan. Right. They're not right. trying to really have the best outcome for Harry and Meghan. So I just feel like, you know, they had to pull the trigger at some point. Plus, she's the queen, and there are all those, like, just piled up monarchs there, all four right. generations of them, <laughs> just know. with tons of frustration. They've got nothing to do all day except wait for the queen to die. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you have a decent conversation with yeah. those people. They don't want anything to make them look bad. Right. And they, right. But they don't actually care about some of the people involved. So it's and just— Don't it you was, think, Julie, that it was maybe a little passive-aggressive over the holidays when they— printed the photo of the four generations of the people that were actually in line to inherit the throne. (laughs) Like, don't you think that somebody knew something was going on? They had that. It was like the queen and Charles and William. And what's the little one? George. George. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So don't you think that's like in your face, Harry, no matter what you do, (laughs) who's not in this picture? You, Harry. (laughs) Yeah. So inside a family, you got to read those dynamics. That was pretty clear to me that that was a, in-your-face move to Harry because they knew it was coming. Yeah, and I don't think they could have done it quietly. I, I, I've seen that whole line of argument. Like, well, if they had just, like, gone off into the country, they could have really, you know, sort of people wouldn't have bothered them, you know, or done it quietly. Or if they just started spending a lot of time in Canada, nobody would notice. People would notice, you know, yeah. and people, you know, that I don't think that they could get, ever get out of the glare of the, um, you know, of the press in terms of it. Mm-hmm. But well, okay, I just Liz, feel uh, like... Some people there at the House of Windsor don't really like them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, yeah. you know, Meghan has endured a lot of things from some of like Princess Michael of Kent wearing the racist yes. pin and things yeah. like yeah. that. Like very personal, very personal, deeply hurtful actions 
plus yeah. the press. Yeah. I don't. And you know what? I, I always say never read the comments section anywhere, whether especially if it's about you, but even if it's about someone that you really like. But last week I did start to read some of the comments in places like the Daily Mail. There are so many people that posted comments about how Harry is not really Charles's son. That belief is was so shockingly widespread in the UK in those yeah. comments. You know, they believe yeah. that's when Diana Diana was having an affair okay. with that other ginger. Right, right. And that's right. why Harry's the ginger looks so much like that other guy. So, uh, yeah. Uh, they're, you know. they're on it. Obviously sexist and racist comments on right. that. Now, Liz, I have to ask you about the brand, the <laughs> Sussex Royal brand, and whether you think that this can be a successful vehicle for Harry and Meghan to... To be financially independent, which is good. I think, yeah. you know, they, yeah. they they had too many hangers honors to begin with. So what do you think of the brand? What do you think of the brand potential? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's funny that they want to be financially independent, but are essentially monetizing themselves as influencers by using their royal identity. Okay? Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's sort of... Having it both ways, but again, good for them. Whatever, it's a new age. It's the it's the age of being an influencer. But like, I I think they're smart, and they did that like a year ago, right? right. So obviously, they've been thinking about that for a while. Uh, here's the bottom line: she has skills, he does not. She is eminently employable. <laughs> he, he really not so much. You know, I was thinking like, if Harry gets a real job. What would it be like to have Harry working for you? Like if Harry was one of my employees. Mm, He's not, but isn't he going to be on boards, Liz, or he will give speeches or do, you know, he'll make endorsements. He's not really going to work. I mean, when they said they were stepping back, I I heard one report, they only worked 91 days last year, Mm -hmm. which seems like a good, good in terms of royal appearance appearances. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to have a nine to five job, do you think? Well, that's what I mean, that like inevitably whatever he can get paid for is a way of monetizing his royal identity. Because I was imagining him like, how would Harry work in like an open floor plan office? Because yeah. like, he's probably never <laughs> been in an open office in his life. You know, like just one of the boys there at the long desk and everyone making a lot of noise. He was like, a soldier. He was I know. a soldier. Yes. He, he, okay. he did serve in Afghanistan. Yes. Yep. And that appears to have been a real formative experience for him because he felt useful. Right. And for someone, those people, they're just not that useful. Right. Or they certainly don't feel useful. If you were born into a job and you just had to wave a lot. And I mean, obviously, they care about their charities. I get all of that. But everyone needs to feel useful. So good for you. Go off and find something that makes you feel more useful. I mean, Leon, what do you see, what do you hope for them as, as they set off during this period of transition? What would you like to see? Well, you know, I think they're interesting people. I think they have an interesting story to tell now. So I, I would like to see Megan resume some kind of acting career. I mean, there needs to be a follow-up to that Hallmark movie <laughs> that she did in 2017. There's really? an opportunity there. Oh, yeah, she's adorable in this, like, Dater's Handbook or something. I'd like to see Dater's Handbook oh, too, sooner than later, Megan. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening. But then, Julie, I I found a piece in the L.A. Times about how really Canada's the big winner here, and they actually have a role in the Canadian government, something called the Governor General, who's officially okay. the representative of the Queen and fills an office 
on the advice of the prime minister. Uh So last week they did a poll in Canada and 61 percent of Canadians are psyched that Mm -hmm. Harry could be there and be the governor general. Now, the current governor general is a woman named Julie Payette. She is an astronaut. So that no. she's currently filling that role, mm-hmm. but maybe when she's done with her term. But I would like to see them take a couple of years to figure out what they're doing and then go do something interesting. I think they actually care about things. I think Megan is a decent person. I just think the unrelenting, the unrelenting pressure from the family right. and the press must have just been so debilitating mm-hmm. and shocking, pretty right. shocking. Yeah. I, I don't I don't buy the argument that, well, she married into this. She should have known. Like when you read the press coverage, mm-hmm. when you read mm-hmm. the comments, when you think about what was happening inside, nothing can prepare you for that. And what yeah. it did to At, her family, too. I know. And, and remember, Harry went through all of this with his mother. Yeah. Right. Why and, would you know, he... I mean, his mother's death is certainly could be attributed to the harassment by the press. Yeah. And BuzzFeed has done a very fine article sort of <laughs> side-by-side columns of, you know, just same situation and completely different treatment for Megan versus uh, Kate, you know. Yes, and, uh, that's a stunning And we do piece. have Kate. Kate and William are doing a fantastic yes. job in, in line, and we are very supportive of them, you know. I would like them to become global citizens. Right. I would like them, like Diana, to take up a cause such as landmines or something and make it their own and really spend time you know, working on that. I think that could be so, that would be a very valuable life. You know, it would be sad if they just become part of the Hollywood crowd yeah. to me. Right. That's, that would well, be sad. I don't, know? I don't, th- it doesn't sound like that's their plan. I mean, they're moving right. to Canada. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, maybe they'll get a place in New York. Mm-hmm. Julie, doesn't it make you a little sad though, when you think about, cause you have two boys and I have two boys. Yes. When you think about Will and Harry's relationship, that makes me sad. Like, yeah, I wonder they, really what I mean, happened. Whether it's strained or not strained, right. I don't know. But, you know, brothers do different things right. at different points in their life. And then, and, you know, and if this is what their young family needs now, I'm with the queen. She was really being very grandmotherly. You know, let let them go do this, you know, sort of get stabilized. Unfortunately, I, I think there's going to be quite a bit of press in Canada about <laughs> <Yes>. everything, <laughs> everything they do. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's I, interesting I about the two boys. Blaming Megan, you know, I, I just, I reject all of that. Oh, yeah. I reject that. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, because, uh, yes, obviously, Harry has been in this world his entire life from day one. And imagine, it's interesting that you guys both have two sons. Imagine Leon if Colin or Julie if Will always had to be like, like their older brothers, like, Right. Stand in. Like, spare yeah. air. Yeah. Like, well, I, I know. I no know. That normal would be... person wants to right. live that way. Right. No, right. it's not it's not a very satisfying life. And the deal is supposed to be, well, we pay all your bills, so you have to well, no, no. Okay. That's where I think we can't understand. We're not British, we're not paying their bills, so it yeah. seems fine to us. But yeah. Yeah. I don't And so. I think they're gonna work the finances out. That's I what too. I think. Well, so Megan, I, can... I would say keep your crowns on. Yeah, and that we can carry on, <laughs> and that this, this. I do think they can become the global citizens that I want them to be. Yes, Julie, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, well, well played. Well and you said. called it from the beginning. I don't think you realized there would be this much of a fracture in the yeah. process of that, but I think you were right that that is the right role for them. Yeah. Yeah. Tina Brown said in her piece, like uh, in her interview on CBS, that she thought something like this might be coming, but she's surprised it came so soon. 
Mm-hmm. Like they yep. figured it out this fast. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talked to her about Harry and yeah. Megan when she was on this show, and she said she took Julie's position as well. Like global citizens, this is great. This is going to change the monarchy, and it really didn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sure other people have opinions on that, particularly our British listeners. They yes. may feel very, very differently, mm-hmm. right. or our Canadian listeners, mm-hmm. or our Australian listeners. We have mm-hmm. quite a few listeners in all of those countries. In the Commonwealth. So. I would not give up the seats at Wimbledon. That is my one piece of advice. Make sure you go back and you can sit in the royal box for the matches. Okay. They're probably so grateful they never have to go to another polo match again. Oh, my God. Imagine. Whew, what a relief. All right. A quick, a quick hit on the 52 places to go here in the New York Times every year. Recently, they've been publishing this list of 52 different travel locations. And it's always kind of exciting to see what number one is. And Liz, I love the number one this year. It was Washington, D.C. Yeah. Okay. 2020 Mm -hmm. people. I know it may not be your instinct to go to D.C. and try to renew your relationship as a citizen, but Uh I encourage you to do it. If you haven't been to D.C. in a while or have never been to D.C., it's just an incredible city. There's a lot going on there. And that's what the New York Times cited. First of all, they want to remind people that the the 19th Amendment was ratified 100 years ago, so mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of special uh, exhibits there in Washington, D.C. And that is women's right to vote. Yes, women's mm-hmm. right to vote. So the Library of Con- Congress, the National Museum of American History, and the National Archive Museums are all having special events. Mm-hmm. But they just want to encourage people to reach out, go see all the interesting parts of the city that might not be on the National Mall. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of vibrant cultures there and things like that. So I loved that it was Washington, D.C., Number one, feel like we should go. Okay. All right. Feel like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was just there this fall, and I, you know, I used to do a, a work a lot in D.C. because that's where National Geographic is, but I never spent any time enjoying the city. But this fall, I went and I like wandered around, and I went to the new African American Museum and did a whole bunch of stuff that I hadn't gotten around to doing. And you're right, I super enjoyed touring that city. And Lots when of- you when you wander around, you do you are sort of forced to think about your role as a citizen because mm-hmm. there's just again a lot of history there, a lot of good monuments, a lot of quotes like. The museum, a lot of quotes, lot of quotes that oh. make you think about like yes, leadership in this country, and uh-huh. yeah, your obligations and stuff. There's a lot, lot going on. So, uh, Washington D.C. number one. All right. Okay, my pick on the list is um, they listed Bolivia, and uh-huh. they they sort of highlighted rare monkeys and pink dolphins, like both of which sound oh. really interesting to me. But I just think I think Latin America is really underrated as a place to visit. Julie, you and mm-hmm. I were in Argentina last year. Didn't you love Argentina? Yes, we did. We loved it, Liz. Yeah. And it was, it's a great place to explore. And, yeah, I thought Bolivia sounds very interesting. Yeah, I have never been to Bolivia, so I would really like that. But I've loved Brazil. We went to Ecuador when we went to the Galapagos right. Islands. You know, I've been to Chile. So... Bolivia, like more Latin America, and super easy to fly there from North America to South America. Like you don't have the whole time zone hassle. Right. That's, uh, that's so a big plus. That's a yep. big plus to uh, being a tourist in, uh, in Latin America. All right. Well, there's a lot of fantastic places on the list. A really beautiful slideshow, too. So yeah. we'll have a link at SatelliteSisters.com or the show notes here. Uh, just, sure. There's yeah. a link in the show notes. Right. So yeah, it's like taking a vacation. Uh, it is. Reading about all the uh, places. It even is. If you don't, if, even if you're not planning to go to any of them. Yeah. 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 My my friend Andrew Farron, who's a writer for The New York Times, has a, has a spot in Spain that he oh. recommends. Oh. So uh-huh. uh, you're going to want to check that out, too. 
All right. We are going to move on to Entertaining Sisters. But first, we have to thank a couple of sponsors. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right. Okay. Oh, we were we were going to do a little heads up about Instagram. Land, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So you have a... a yeah, just remind yeah. people that we are on Instagrams, at Sat Sisters. Right. And several people have asked about, hey, Leon, any chance I could win a copy of your new book coming out, The Sweeney Sisters? Yes, we are going to be doing Instagram and Facebook contests starting in February. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to get on Instagram and follow us there at Sat Sisters. Yes. And Liz, and another thing we've yeah. perfected, which if you don't follow us on Instagram, how would you know this? Yeah. But Leon and I do a live preview of the show every Tuesday right before we start recording. So we it's rec- adorable too. You should watch that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's fun. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, I, I'm glad you think it's adorable. Thank you, Julie. Because we're just, so, you know, we always start recording the show at nine o'clock. So like, and we talk to Julie at quarter of nine. So we touch base with Julie. Then in the gap in between touching base with Julie and actually turning our mics on, we do this little preview on Instagram live. So if you follow us on Instagram, you can see it live if you happen to be, you know, on Instagram then. But then it also gets shared as a story. So even if you're not seeing it live, you can always see Leanne and I kind of promoting what's coming up in the show. And so a little thing that you wouldn't have known unless you were an Instagram right. follower. <laughs> so at Sat Sisters, go for it. That's right. And then after the show now, we've started doing a live um, recap kind of or promotion, live promo for the show in the Facebook group. So right. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, that's where you can see that. Yeah. Someone did ask if we could make that public. You know what? Yes, I did we see could. that you asked. Yeah. We would then have to put that on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. page. 
So then we'd have to ask you to join another whole thing, which is why we yeah. haven't done that. Because right. remember, in a group, if it's a private group, you can't share out of it. And we do that so you can really all say what you want to say, post what you want to post, and not worry that all your friends are going to see it outside of the out of the sisterhood. Mainly so, your in-laws, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that what the fear is? I think so. <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> anyway, we will we'll figure that out. Maybe we have to post something different there. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, we just hesitate to ask you to join too many things right. or sign up for too many right. things. So okay, but we'll think about it. And there's only I mean we have to apply lipstick now anyway, which is kind of a shocker. Yeah. Uh, in our morning recording, there's only so much we can do. <laughs> okay, uh, entertaining sisters. Uh, Oscar noms out. Yeah. Okay, we're not going. We're not going to spend too much time on this because let's just all stipulate, mm. sisters and misters, that uh, that Little Women got screwed. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's well, okay. Greta Gerwig. Yeah, yeah, Greta Gerwig. Right. All right. Little Women nominated for Best Picture, but I just you know I feel like the best revenge is box office. Right. So if you want to support movies for and about women, go see Little Women. By the way, while you're at it. See The Farewell, if you haven't seen that. Aquafina was my pick for the year, and she didn't get nominated. So I want you to see The Farewell. And then okay. you might be surprised that I've seen this and really liked it. Have you seen The Hustler with J-Lo? Have either of you no. watched it? No, is that good? I love J-Lo. I want to go see that. I'm going to yeah. support her. Yes. Uh, I, she, got, she got robbed, too, right? It Liz? is a real, and it's a female director. It, it is a real story of sisterhood. Now, I will warn you, like, they're strippers. And so there there was, I was initially kind of uncomfortable. Like, the first third of the movie, when there's just a lot of, I don't know, nakedness, stripping and nakedness. Writhing, writhing. Yes. I, 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 I'm not a prude, but I was like, okay, I hope we can move past this into, and they do. So it's an interesting, anyway, I, I just think if you think you can, that you don't mind some stripping, and by the way, J Lo is super good at it. Uh, <laughs> you will you will enjoy this movie, but really, it's about women hanging together. It's about a sisterhood, so that's why I think it comes out where we would want it to come out. So, Little Women, The Farewell, The Hustler, The Best Revenge is Box Office. Go see those movies. Two out of three are already online, so there you go. You don't even have to go to the theater yet. So, the only other thing I want to ask, well, two things. Do we really have to go see The Joker? No. I mean, The Joker got 11, 11 nominations, more than anything else. I have no interest. These these ultra-violent movies. No. Nope. I, I, I'll no. admit it. I'd rather see J-Lo's trip than <laughs> Joaquin <laughs> right. Phoenix. Right. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go see it. I, I, think no you can, I think you can miss it. Yeah. I, for me, it's. I, I still think of, you know, the terrible incident that happened in Colorado. So I, I just can't go see that movie or yeah. anything associated with Oh, you with mean that. the Aurora but, movie theater yeah, shooting? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't get beyond that. Yeah. So right. I, can't, I can't move beyond that. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go see that. I'm for sex, but not for violence. <laughs> I will. Yeah. 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 I will say. And then the other movie I just haven't been able to bring myself to see, but obviously you have seen it, Julie, is... The marriage story. The marriage story. It just okay. looks like such a downer. And I'm not even married. I've never been married. Do I care about this movie? Do I need to see this movie? Okay. I just want to start with a disclaimer, which is I personally have the utmost compassion, respect for people who are divorced or divorcing or thinking about divorce. This is an extremely difficult personal journey. So I am not making a judgment about that. 
Please do not write and say that I'm heartless. So you don't understand. I want to talk about the movie, the fictional movie, The Marriage Story, that was directed and written by Noah Baumbach. And it has, you know, it stars Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, Laura Dern. They've all been nominated for, for Oscars. The movie has been nominated. But here's the thing. So this is the story of a divorcing couple, okay? But you as the viewer have to go on a journey. And I just found that the characters were so self-absorbed that I just couldn't travel. I couldn't go on their journey for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarlett Johansson plays an actress, okay? She And she has been working with Adam Driver, who's a director, you know, in his theater troupe, but she feels oppressed and she needs to get out. So guess what? She gets to go to Hollywood and be in a, a successful pilot that they're filming, okay? And so... Even if that doesn't work out, it seems like she can go back to Adam Driver because he's taking his play to Hollywood, uh, to Broadway, and he just wins a MacArthur uh, Fellowship. You know, I, I, you know, you're supposed to really buy into uh, Scarlett Johansson's oppression, and I just think I didn't care. I really did not care about her. And Adam Driver, I'm sorry, I stopped caring about him when he referred to Park Slope as the slope. Park Slope <laughs> is an area of Brooklyn, and he called it the slope. Now, I don't know. I, I have spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. I've never heard anyone say that. So I, I just rejected all their self-absorption. I just kept sitting in the, watching that movie thinking, you know, if you, you two just sat down and had a you were right session, I think you could really work this out. But, you know, but that's part of it. As a viewer, you're supposed to buy into the basic premise that, you know, that this marriage needs to come apart. But I think the basic premise is these, they were just so self-absorbed. I didn't care if they were married or not. (laughs) I'm now I'm definitely watching this movie. (laughs) It sounds completely up my alley. So great. (laughs) 100%. One hundred percent. Okay, I mean it's it's well acted. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, Laura Dern. I mean, there is a moment. You know, there's some really good moments in it. But I, I, the whole thing was like a brother. You know, that's it. Um, I'm out. I'm out. Okay. One last Oscar note about having a happy marriage. I guess I am kind of happy that if Greta Ger- Gerwig was not nominated for Best Director. That her husband Noah Bombach was also not nominated for Best Director. So I think they did that on purpose, don't you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they. Who are they anyway? Uh, just to see the movies that. So that's you know, that's no. what I can tell you. I just they're like so self-absorbed. You're not going to enjoy okay. it. That's what not I. Not the movie for Julie Dolan, right. but okay. the movie for Leon Dolan. <laughs> I. <laughs> I would like to recommend. Two wildly different television shows. The first is on Netflix. I know we have a lot of skating fans in the audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually have people who support professional skaters, who judge skating. The show is called Spinning Out. And it's just a slightly trashy but really satisfying competitive figure skating drama that has a particularly serious mental health storyline. Really? So I know those things don't sound like they all go together. They do Somehow not. in 10 episodes, they pull it all together. <laughs> it also features January Jones as the really? skate mom. Yeah. Ooh, it has some good okay. actors and an acting debut by Johnny Weir. <gasps> 
So, wow, that sounds oh, well, unmissable. That. <laughs> okay. So this is mainly just for a tiny slice of like skating fans who are also interested in the backstage drama, who are or who are Johnny Weir fans and love pair skating like I do. So that's I'm going to say some nutty things happen. Uh-huh. It's not for young kids. Uh-huh. I don't. This is not. Okay. It's not for young kids. But I found the ten episodes uh, to be <laughs> engrossing, and I can't wait for season two. And, and where can one watch this? Netflix. Netflix. It's on okay. Netflix. Now, this other uh, TV show is on NBC, so that's good news. It's network. Remember a couple of months ago I told you the crazy story about Mary Steenburgen, about how she woke up. She was, like, in an accident one day, and she woke up in the hospital, and all of a sudden she started hearing songs in her head yes. all the time. Correct. And yep. started writing songs, and the next thing you know, she has, like, songs being sold in Nashville, even though she's not a musician and doesn't know how to write songs. Mm-hmm. Remember that crazy story? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she stole that, stole, sold that story to Hollywood. And there's a new TV show called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It debuted last week, and you can find the, um, the, the pilot all over the place on YouTube, on the NBC app, and it's coming back to network in mid-February. It's a completely delightful show in which stars Mary Steenburgen. She's in the show. Oh, really? She plays the mom in the show with Peter Gallagher. It's a great cast of actors. If you like shows where they sing and dance in the middle of the show yes. for no apparent reason. <laughs> and yeah, and you're yeah, and you you're missing Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Here is uh, something to fill that slot. Oh, okay. So oh, wow. the pilot... Good I, recommend, recommendation. I, I laughed. I cried. I, I was completely touched by the pilot. And I, my friend Natalie texted me like, this sounds like the Mary Steenburgen story. And so when I taped it i was like holy cow she's in the she's in it so i think she was involved in producing it anyway it's fantastic so okay. zoe's extraordinary playlist put it on your dvr okay wow uh oh anything else Anybody? peter gallagher i saw him on broadway in guys and dolls and he's great he's, he's a gonna, real he's a real hoofer he peter is gallagher. well they all sing yeah i mean they sing everybody sings in this so the whole thing is filled with broadway actors that you've seen before great you know and and they sing and i don't want to give it away but peter gallagher okay. is it's really really a touching character that he plays so and i love him okay. again he was in the okay. oc singing and dancing we need <laughs> more was, of that in 2020 <laughs> we do need more singing and dancing <laughs> yeah. in 2020 julie right. that is good right yes, yes. yeah Okay. okay. We do not need the marriage story, but we do need singing and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> There's some singing and dancing in The Hustler. <laughs> All right. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show every week and making us sound great. Thanks to the people here at Wondery for supporting Satellite Sisters. A big thanks to our sponsors. And thanks to you because you support our sponsors. And that what makes that's what makes Satellite Sisters possible. Thanks so much. Uh, What's happening on everyone's to-do list this week? Oh, I have an exciting one. What is it? What's well, that? I've had a breakthrough, and I I ate a salad last week. Oh, and yeah. I know oh great, Leanne. That doesn't That's sound... first time yes. since before your operation. Yes. That's wonderful. I yes. guess it's wonderful. Was it wonderful? It was wonderful, yes. Yeah. So I, I had a colon resection in October, if you're new to the show, for colon cancer, and now I'm recovering, and I've had to really very slowly introduce anything that might aggravate my colon back into my diet. And, you know, salad, raw vegetables, raw fruit, that's like the A number one aggravator. Mm-hmm. So last week I ate a very small arugula salad almost by mistake. Like I forgot <laughs> I wasn't supposed to eat it. Which is, I guess, good news. Like, it's been 12 weeks since my surgery. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, I ate a salad. Oh, my God. what Now what happens? And nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So I ate a small amount, and I thought, I'm, 
I'm emboldened by this. And so uh, (laughs) the next night, I ate a delicious Ina Garten salad I had seen her make on the TV that day with some celery and, and some lemon vinaigrette. And I was able to keep it didn't didn't bother me at all. So I'm very happy to be able to introduce uh, mm-hmm. salads back into my diet mm-hmm. in small amounts uh, when appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very exciting for me. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. All well, right. here's my to-do list. You know, I've complained before on this show, told you the ongoing saga of HOA, HE double hockey sticks. My, my homeowners association is dysfunctional, and I largely blame... Captain Queeg, who runs it. <laughs> but I had a moment of humanity with Captain Queeg in the parking garage last week. And, you know, I understand now some of the personal pressure oh. that Captain Queeg has been under. So I volunteered to, like, take on a few HOA things in the next couple of weeks. There are, like, the things I've been complaining about, like, where are our roofers? And how come I still have a hole in my bedroom ceiling? I'm just going to do those things. I I said, okay, let me take those from you. Now that I understand what what your deal is, I'll do that. So I'm actually meeting with roofers uh, out of the goodness of my heart. Liz, it seems like you're taking the long view. You're working yes, on building Yes, I am taking the long view. Okay, oh. I, I, I applaud you, and I, I wish you luck with the roofers. Yes, yeah. yes. One detail about this moment of humanity is uh, Captain Quig's parent is currently a patient at the same kind of rehab center where both of Uh-oh. our parents oh. ended up being yeah. okay. patients after they had bad medical things happen to them. So once you understand that someone's in that vortex, right. you just you just got to help. True. It's There's a vortex. Step it, up and that's good, Liz. It's, okay? a, it's a vortex. Good. So I, I'm not saying that she was right, though, Julie. I'm just <laughs> no, saying. No, I know. You're not having that discussion. <laughs> no, no. That's never going to happen. Okay, Julie, what's on your list? Okay, mine is just to finish a book by Niall Williams called This Is Happiness. Do you know this novel? No. It's set in a small, damp, wet village in Ireland. So that's, but then the sun comes out and it's kind of charming. So I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. When you said small, damp, wet village, I thought you were going to say in Oregon. That, like, no. I, that, that's no, where my Ireland, mind goes. But it could be Oregon. Okay. And just imagine if the sun came out. Things would happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Keep us updated. Keep us updated next week. Me, if you like it. Yes. <laughs> you don't like my movie reviews where I completely <laughs> trash things? Okay. I am right about the marriage story. I'm sure that will spark discussion in the Facebook group. So we'll just see. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Sisters, have a great week. You too, Leah. You Leon. too, Leah. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.